Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is Saturday, August 13th, 2000, the second Saturday of August, 2022. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milton Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator, Sister Helena Thompson, our Minister of Music. Sister Sharon Taylor will offer the altar prayer. Our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milson Black, will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the worldwide church, our families and friends, TIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups, the loved ones of those who've died from targeting the coronaviruses and other catastrophic illnesses. Also pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God to do it and not do their will and to not be fearful. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, victims of the worldwide climate crisis, causing extreme starvation in some parts of the world. Also pray for the loved ones of all victims of gun violence and for the survivors who sustained severe injuries. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to our opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six. Be blessed. Praise God for this day. Good evening and good afternoon. I pray that you have been blessed by the service this far. I know I have. Everything that has been done to this point has been as Fred Hammers is just saying, it's been ordered. Everything that has happened, the fact that you are here right now on this particular day has been ordered. It's difficult to grasp that concept sometimes. But when you look back over your life and you see 
the events of your life that might have caused you harm, but you were saved from it because perhaps you were late to a place, perhaps you decided at the last minute to take a different route. Perhaps you decided, oh, I just won't do that right now. I won't go on the computer at this point in time. And God saved you from something. Your steps were ordered. And by the same token, if you go through the Bible and look at the lives of the prophets in particular, whether they were major or minor, you will see God's hand in their lives from the very beginning. And that meant that their steps were ordered. We've each been assured, according to Psalm 139, that every day of our life has already been written. Now, those hard times and those evil times that the enemy has been throwing in, God knew they were coming. And so grace, extra grace, was written into your day for those times, just as they are for these days in which we are living right now. I give honor to God and to Jesus Christ, my Redeemer, and also to the Holy Spirit, who is the power source of the Trinity. He's the one that Jesus sent back to live in you and in me. I thank God for another opportunity to share with you and to welcome you to the service this evening. I believe that it is important to take time out to say thank you to those who help you. And so to our advisory board and the ministry team, without calling each name, I humbly say thank you to each of you for sharing your gifts with the body of Christ that God may be glorified. Our scripture this afternoon is coming from the book of Isaiah. When I saw it and began on it, I thought, oh boy, this is gonna be a good one. And it's gonna be an easy one. And I tell you all, I have walked myself around in so many circles, trying to make sure that I get the facts right, trying to make sure that I get the timeline right. Oh boy, this has been, an assignment. And so I can't promise you that you won't hear some more of this at a future date. I'm going to read this from two translations this evening, just praying that you will see the difference in the, in the usage of the words and also that it will make more sense to you as we go along. Starting at verse 14 from the King James Version, it reads, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, but thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge, and makes the weapons of destruction. This is the King James version now, y'all. Verse 17 reads, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you shall succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. The vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the New Living Translation reads, you will be secure under a government that is just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away. 
you will live in peace and terror will not come near. If any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord and their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let us pray. Mighty God, we come this evening for some and afternoon for others, Lord, to say thank you. God, we thank you for our yet spared lives. We thank you for sight and for vision, Lord, for your word has declared without a vision, the people perish. They throw off restraint. We thank you, God, for the power of your promises, oh God, for we've read in your word that you're not a man that you should lie or the son of man that you should repent. Once you have decreed a thing, who can annul it? Once you've set it into motion, who can turn it back? God, we're so thankful today for your word. We're thankful for your promises, God. We thank, we're thankful for the encouragement that we gain by them. Now speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Continue to minister to us this word from this day in Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message this evening is Encouragement for the Future. Not only did I get this scripture a week or two ago and, and it was pretty difficult to study, I also did not, ever, did not get a, a title for it until today. That's also quite unusual. Encouragement for the future. Night dreams are one of the most accepted prophets of coming events. You know, some people kind of hang on to their dreams. They say they're dreamers and when they come, they expect that they mean something. They're used to warn one of danger. Sometimes they warn of coming loss and even future joys like a new baby coming to the family. There are other predictors of the future like vocal prophets who are very sought after today. If you were to go through YouTube and just type in prophetic utterances or prophecies, I'm telling you, you will find so many people with sights and so many men and women who come on to declare that God said this and God said that, and they are extremely convincing. But if you were to go back and, and try to discover how many of those words, quote unquote, they received from the Lord came true, you may be sadly surprised to realize they really might not have been hearing from God. You see, there is electronic technology in, in play today, at play today, and uh, a group of 
those who follow our enemy who says what God can do, they can do better. And so they use deception to gain our attention and they use dismay sometimes to make you wanna walk away from God. So you have to be careful of the dreaming and you have to be careful of the, the words that are spoken to you. But the word of God says that we have to know our God, that we should try a spirit by the spirit to see if it be of God. Men and women record their communication with and from God, and then they act as God's mouthpiece to the world in reporting coming events. Some churches are just almost built on, on prophecy. And I still would ask that you check it out and find out how many prophecies really come true. Because we know that when God speaks, his word comes true. Now, the problem with God speaking for us anyway is it takes time. Because God said it today does not mean that it's going to come true tomorrow or next week or next month and sometimes not in the next 50 years or even 100. Many of the prophets that we hear on television, on YouTube and other stations and channels compare the word with Bible prophecy or to prophetic events from the Bible that have yet to be fulfilled and lots of times pastors do this and they take you on a walk through the Bible. We tend to find much comfort from the words of these men and women who say they are of God. And as I've said before, rarely do we look back to see if these words ever came true, especially those, if any of you had a prophecy, a word of prophecy that said you're gonna have a husband, oh, in so many months, and in so many years after that, the husband or the wife still hasn't come. That's what I'm talking about. I can tell you of people who have been so abused by those who said they carried the prophetic anointing and that God sent them with the word for an individual sister or brother in the audience. Not only have they been abused, but many of them have been so distressed and dismayed because they thought assured the person that was talking to them was accurate and they waited and waited and waited and then sometimes we begin to try and help God out help that prophecy to come to for fruition and we end up in big trouble I've had my own bout with chasing a word from the Lord and I've also had my disappointments Isaiah was a prophet and a priest who lived during the last year of the Northern Kingdom before the Babylonian captivity and during the reigns of four kings of Judah. So Isaiah lived in Judah. He lived under King Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Chapter six of this book recorded that Isaiah received and accepted his call to spiritual leadership after the death of his uncle, who was King Uzziah. Years later, Isaiah spent much time with King Hezekiah praying for victory over their enemies. The Assyrians who were constant opponents to the freedom of Israel and Judah was their worst or their biggest enemy. Judah was composed of only two tribes now, 
from the 12 tribes of Israel and was considered the weakest. Yet God sent the angel to slay 85,000 Assyrians in answer to prayer. And it might've been 185,000, but it was a lot. The pericope for today is a word of hope that is given to the prophet Isaiah years before Judah was taken captive by Babylon. God wanted Isaiah to be reassured to take that word of encouragement to Judah that they might know that God would not leave them comfortless forever. Notice I add the word forever because there was a time, if you would go back and read from, the, from verse one down to verse 70, that would be the entire chapter, you would find that God acknowledged that Judah had been left in what looked like a state of widowhood, that God had deliberately withdrew his attention from Judah. But the, Isaiah is actually talking, believe it or not, 20 years before Babylonian captivity occurred and many years before Jesus Christ came to the earth. Yet God was using the mouth of Isaiah, a man who thought he was so unworthy to speak into existence or to speak his God's words that God intended to fulfill and did fulfill many of them as we speak. These words are still good today. The words of Isaiah 54, every single one of them, as we have become the church that was saved by the suffering servant, Jesus. After Isaiah received the revelation about the suffering of Christ in Isaiah 53, and remember Christ did not, was not born for 700 more years after these words were spoken. He then was instructed about the overcoming power that would come to the church through Isaiah 54. That's the chapter that we're talking about today. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. A words that even I hang on to. After this, God gave the proof of the integrity of his word by assuring the church in Isaiah 55 that his word would not come home empty-handed. It would not come back to heaven from earth until the assignment was complete. So we learned in John 1 that Jesus was the word. He was with God. He was God. And without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus could not go back to heaven until he satisfied the assignment of God. Jesus' assignment was to save humanity from their sin. The only way Jesus could save humanity from their sin was to defeat the person or the spirit who caused humanity to sin. So Jesus had to defeat Satan, and he did. The second assignment of Jesus in the earth was to defeat death, and he did. And then Jesus had to defeat the grave, and he did. So once Jesus took care of all of those, those three assignments, he was ready to go back to heaven. And we find Jesus writing and talking to God in John 17, when he said, glorify me, I have glorified you. Now, Father, glorify me. And that simply means bring me back to your kingdom that your power may be manifested in the earth. Jesus couldn't leave the earth until it was finished. 
and everything that was assigned to him actually was. So when we think about that, Jesus told the disciples that he would send back the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit had a multiplicity of jobs concerning you and me. So the Holy Spirit can't leave the earth as long as he's on assignment to us. Consequently, the powers of darkness cannot have their way fully in the earth until all of the light is gone. And as long as there's a human who believes in Jesus Christ in the earth, the light will still be here and the devil cannot have his full way. But I'm telling you by those, Christ, those are humans who give him his way, those humans who, who offer themselves as handmaidens and maidservants of the devil, give him so much power by allowing him to use them to cause others pain, to cause others harm, to take the lives of others. There's so many different ways that the enemy will use a man or a woman or even a child to carry out his assignments in the earth. But as long as God has any light here at all, God's still in charge and he's in control. Even in Isaiah's day, Israel lived with the constant threat of falling into the control of their enemies. We can testify to that today as we in America face that ever looming threat of world governance that will include climate control. And that contains weather warfare of rain, tornadoes, hurricanes, tsunamis if necessary. They can use ice, snow, or even heat as the ozone layer is being burned out, threatening all of humanity. But that's called weather warfare. Then there's population control. And that's experienced through the unapproved vaccines like COVID jab or boosters that's related to COVID. And did you hear that just this week, the CDC has declared that None of this is necessary. They give advice. They advise that you wear a mask if you have had, um, had COVID recently. And they advise that you stay in for five days after, being after testing positive. But now they say it's not necessary to make you do anything. This is the CDC who demanded that we stay at home for two weeks when it first started. And they demanded that church doors were closed for months at a time. And they demanded that we wear a mask. And now they're saying none of that's necessary. Consequently, millions of lives have been lost before the vaccine came out and since the jab arrived. Financial control is experienced. President Biden assigned executive 14047. And it's said to replace the dollar with digital coins and putting China in some sort of control. Can you imagine? China is a communist country. What control should they have in America? Then there's education control. Our public schools are being turned into international and global campuses, indicating the interests of foreign countries in our children. There's health control. It's being 
shifted to the World Health Organization, they now have the power and control to call a pandemic or a pandemic. They now have the power to determine that we have to be quarantined and stay in our homes for months on end. Not only that, right now, Americans are forced to live in a war zone, undeclared, but it's war nonetheless, as even federal employees report being attacked with microwave and other weapons of uh, energy weapons. In 1997, I was told that it's called assimilated controlled warfare. There's another word that has W-A-R in it. In the face of threats of loss of freedom as we know it, we like Isaiah and those who believed in his prophetic leadership hold fast to the promises of God. Isaiah 54 is important to a child of God because we expect that these promises will be fulfilled immediately and if not immediately soon. It's important to understand that Isaiah wrote the words that I read uh, uh, that I read earlier, some 20 years before the Babylonian captivity took place. And God's intention, intentions were that Judah would be enslaved for 70 years. In fact, he told Jeremiah that. He told him that they were going to be enslaved for 70 years. He says, and see to it that they marry and give in marriage. He said, Make sure they increase and don't decrease. And that was in size. God said, I'm going in with you and I'm going to bring you out. The last thing God told Jeremiah was, and pray for your enemies that they and you might have peace. By the time that Judah was ready to return to Jerusalem, almost 100 years had passed. And even at that, some of those who were taken from, Jer from Jerusalem into Babylon decided to stay there. They didn't want to risk losing the pleasures that they had. Bible scholars agree that Jesus died 1,992 years ago. Jesus told the disciples before he went to the cross that he was going to die and rise again in three days. That happened. Jesus told the disciples that he was going away and would come back for them. That happened for the disciples. It has not yet happened for us. Jesus also promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. The church is still standing and we are still praying, praising and believing that God keeps God's promises. We just have to be steadfast and immovable in our faith during these rocky days. Nothing that we see even resembles any coming peace. Yet we do see some changes. And while we wait, we will have to sing the songs as did our ancestors of old. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Or one that I was that was saying to me about 2017, about five years ago, when I was sitting in a restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia, the waitress walked over to me and started a conversation. And then just out of the blue, she started singing, just another day that the Lord has kept me. 
Another favorite old song that was sung when I was a child, pass me not, O gentle savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. We will have to learn the verses of scripture like Psalm 91 in case we walk upon the day that a Bible cannot be found in a home. That seems so foreign, but you know what? It could happen. We have to memorize Psalms 23 and 27 and even Psalm 46. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. Perhaps God was wanting Judah to tie down for rough days ahead. We're seeing better days are coming for encouragement. We have to learn to act like King David and encourage himself, who encouraged himself in the Lord when it seemed that the world had turned against him. Approximately 6,000 years ago, the earth was formed. That means that God really does know everything. Listen, is this in the millennium? Or do we have to wait until after Jesus comes again? So the scripture tells us you will be secure under a government that is just and fair. In another portion of scripture in the Old Testament, it said, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. But when the unrighteous rule, the people are burdened down, they're pushed down, they're pressed down. Now you decide for yourself who's in rule, rulership now. But the word of God says you will live in peace and terror will not come near. Now I found out as I continue to search the scripture concerning these verses that really these verses are very appropriate for the coming age. Because where we are right now, there's no fairness in our government. And we are terrorized. Y'all, let's just call it what it is. We're living in days of terror. It was Isaiah who wrote about 700 years before Jesus was born that the government would be upon his shoulders. That's when we'll know fairness and justice. This government will allow our own people to make war against us. And that's the government in the world today. But Jesus would shut down the funding that allowed terrorism. He would not allow those trained by our own military to terrorize us. Justice will bring them through the court doors as criminals. So can't you understand why God won't allow partial men to have anything to do with his government? Won't it be good to know that the court cannot be corrupted, that no one can offer a bribe to the just judge? Verse 15 says, if any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will, do, will go down in defeat. I want you to remember Egypt, then return to Canaan. Think about what happened once the children of Israel got to Canaan. Think about all of the ites who came against Israel, even when Jehoshaphat was king. How many different battles did David fight and win? Even Elijah was able to slay the prophets of Baal because God was with him. How many angels did the, 
how many enemies of the Assyrian are called the Assyrians did the angel slay? What about the chariots of fire when Elisha prayed? If God can do all that, can you believe that he can defeat our battles on a national basis, even in the hand of unrighteous leadership, those who seem to throw us to the wolves? God can. He did and he still can overthrow our enemies. Then verse 16 says, I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. Now, this is God speaking. He said he created the blacksmith. You all, if you're familiar with any of the black and white television during the days of gun smoke and the rifleman, you, a blacksmith was the man who put the hoof on the horse. But he also shaped things in the fire by heating the iron really, really hot and then taking an uh taking a hammer and beating it into the shape that was necessary. That included the hoof for the horse. So God says, I made him. And then God says, and I made the weapons of destruction. He gives instructions to even the blacksmith on how to make the weapons. But then God says, and I have created the armies that destroy. But when they come at you, it will not be from me. God knew that there were going to be some renegades in the earth. Those who have surrendered their will to Satan. Those who have given their, their, their wills over to the will of the adversary. But this is where God's sovereignty comes in. God told Jeremiah, behold, I am the God of all flesh. Now, all flesh means the blacksmith, the armies that come to destroy and those who create the weapons of destruction. God can decide which weapon fall where and which weapon will fall in defeat. God told Jeremiah, behold, I am the God of all flesh. And then he asked the question, is anything too hard for me? We have to decide that no matter what we're going through, no matter who's doing what to us, they are not too hard for God because God created them also. He also was confirmed by Solomon as he wrote in the book of Proverbs, verse one, chapter 21, the king's heart is in the hand of the king, of, of God. And like the waterways, he turns it any way he wants to. What that means is even when the king make a decision to destroy us, God can turn his heart. In the book of Esther, King Ahasuerus took the bribe and I heard it was $10 million from Haman to allow him to destroy the Jews. But God turned the king's heart. He had kicked his own wife out of the palace, had taken Esther into the palace. But Esther knew that you couldn't go talk to the king without him calling for you. And yet she had gotten the word that there was a plan to destroy the Jews and it was up to her to ask the king to save them. God turned his heart. He allowed the queen to come in when she sent him word and asked for an audience 
And so many events took place after that turning of the heart of the king. Now, if God could turn that heart's king, that king's heart, he can turn the heart of anybody who is hurting us right now, who ordered the hurt, who makes the money because of the hurt, those who operate the electronics or the equipment that, that causes the hurt. God can stop and change any of that at the appointed time. And then we get down to verse 17, but in that coming day, notice it wasn't in the day that Isaiah was living. It was many years later. In fact, if Isaiah spoke these words 20 years before Israel went into Babylon and Israel stayed in Babylon for 70 years, y'all, that was 90 years. And the word says in that coming day, no weapon termed against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. I have to tell you that in spite of the fact that weapons are being waged against us right now, they're being used against us right now. We're being hurt and harmed in many ways, many times ways that we don't want to even discuss or describe. But the promise of the Lord is that they won't prosper. They won't succeed because even if they succeeded with their fake dossiers in the court of man, they can't take those fake dossiers into the court of God. Jesus is still on his job. He's still seated at the right hand of the father. And so the word says our vindication will come from him. And the very last phrase of that particular verse, I, the Lord, have spoken. God who wrote the book of life will have all of our deeds written in them. He has the real record of what we have and have not done in our lifetime. No man can accuse us before God and get away with the lie. Paul told us in Romans, we can stand before God. Who can stand before God and accuse us? We can find find comfort in that even right now. Because according to the book of Job, Satan appeared every morning with the angels who came to get their assignment. God asked him one day, where, where are you going? He said, I'm going to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. And you've heard me say many, many times, God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? Obviously God placed his faith in you and in me when he asked the enemy of our souls, have you considered my servant? And you can put your name in that sentence. It is God that justifies, but our righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. He has made, want, made us want to do what is right. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. And if we sin, we have an advocate. Then David said, goodness and mercy follows us on assignment to help us. And there is the promise of the father to never leave us alone. The songwriter encourages my heart by saying, I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me, and I'm sharing this with you, 
still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. The world's fierce winds are blowing. Temptations are sharp and keen. I feel a peace in knowing that my savior stands between. He stands to shield me from danger. When earthly friends are gone, he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. That all important verses, the last one, he died for me on the mountain. For me, they pierced his side. For me, he opened that fountain, the crimson cleansing tide. For me, he waited in glory, seated upon his throne. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. I was visiting my cousin in Cleveland, Ohio, back many years ago. It was after this had started. And obviously I was distressed and despondent and a whole lot of other things because of the horror and the terror that I was having to endure. And their choir, which was the, the elderly people that, of which I have now become, they were singing this song that Sunday morning. And obviously they knew that it was ministering to my heart because they kept singing the chorus over and over and over and over again. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised, that was God promised, never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. God promised never to leave you. Never to leave you alone. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.